0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Welsh Football Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jay Catton. Thanks for joining us, Jay.
1: Yeah, no problem, Matty. Thanks for having me.
0: How's, how's it going with uh, no football?
1: Yeah, we're doing, we're doing okay, Matty. It's, uh, it's a challenge, you know, like for all clubs. It's uh, it's not the norm for us. You know, people who are normally... We're at football non-stop. It's a live record. We're in the club every day. And that's been a challenge. But, you know, we've 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 got around it. We've stayed in great communication with the players... And uh, doing great work to stay as fit as healthy as they can be, obviously mental as well as physical. You know, all in good spirits, and we're doing all the work to hopefully uh, get a returner sooner rather than later.
0: Have the players? Have you been in contact with the players?
1: Yeah, we we stay in contact. We stay in contact on a daily basis. You know, myself, Andy, Craig, with all players, all twenty three of them. Um, even down to our 19s, you know, in, in regular contact with Gareth Richards, 19s coach, how the players get an arm with the college as well. So it's, it's really important, as I say, I think it's it's great that a lot of clubs ourselves as well are keeping on top of the physical aspects and the performances. A lot of clubs doing the, the standard 5K runs and keeping targets, which is great. But I think it's even more important, uh, the mental welfare of players at the moment. You know, a lot of people may live on their own um, or be worried about family members at the moment and that that continue communication is really really important and as i said we're very fortunate lads are doing great all the players all the staff everyone's in good spirits and and doing what they can to get through this period
0: how, how long have the players had their programs for is it just this week or the last two weeks
1: so our players have been have been following and um, standardized plans of some form since we've since we've finished you know we're, we're very fortunate we've got great professional lads um, across the board, who take pride in their own general health and well-being, regardless if they're given a program or not. Really, so they've done they've done great work. We're, we're six weeks now into it; just finished a six week block, so it's, it's it's been a challenge. But again, we're, we're very very fortunate with the pace that we have um, across all sectors, the work that they've done, um, and as I said, that they're doing everything they can to be right fit and in the best shape possible for for if we if we return back to action for the season.
0: Do you, do you do one-to-one uh, meetings with the players or do they just have a programme to follow?
1: So, like, like most clubs, you, know, you have your standard WhatsApp group now where all the players are on. So, you know, great for communication, simple to get things across, good for banter within the groups, you know, which, is, which is great for team spirit. But you know, most importantly for us, it's, it's, it's the phone calls for players, you know, staying in contact with as many as we can. You know, we're fortunate in the amount of staff that we have. And, you know, it's always an open, like a, in life, we an open door policy. If players ever feel a need to ring us or speak to us, you know, though that's always available to them because it's, it's really important that you do stay in that great communication line from both sides, find out what players are. Uh, also looking after your own staff as well. You know, I think a lot of clubs, you, you forget that at times. You worry so much about the players, which is important. But it's also ensuring that your coaching staff are right. You know, the challenges that they face, we've got a number of staff that, Actually, still working as key workers, families at home. Uh, We're all going through the home school with children, so you know, there's lots of challenges, but we're very fortunate for clubs. Everyone's looking out for each other. It's a very, very close knit football club, and everyone's in in good spirits as best they can be at the current times.
0: Um, I just want to start off uh, by this season, really. You've had a very good season up to now, uh, top of the league, and I just want to get your thoughts about how you thought the season's gone so far.
1: It's been a fantastic season uh, for everyone at the football club I think whereas everyone will always look at the first team and to be with six games to go four points clear and arguably you know probably should have been more more ahead also if you take into just into context the TNS away game for example um, where we should have had a penalty that the scoreline wasn't given to a score so you know that potentially would have changed the game. We we could have won that game, which maybe would have been seven, um, a few points dropped here and there away like all clubs, but you know, we're in a fantastic position. For anyone to be four points clear, with just six games to go in. The Welsh Premier League is so tough and so intense is is credit to what the players do. But I think also the whole club the success is really important. So our nine teams were crowned champions, then being top of their Welsh Premier Development League and our Academy Cup team, sixteens, fourteens, twelve, it all progressed them. and on top of that our ladies team it um, also made the semi-finals of the of the women's women's Welsh Cup, which was another huge feat and achievement. So yeah, I think for currently as the season goes for, for the whole football club now across all sections, it was um, we've we've done very very well.
0: How would you um? How would you assess like obviously there's probably a long-term goal to win the um, the Welsh Prem, but you know as you say there the under-18s were crowned champions, and then you've also got the the young academy. Uh, teams coming through, doing so well. You must be proud as a whole club by that, really.
1: Immensely, you know. The, a football club, um, again, my opinion, can't just be judged on first team. You know, it's the whole sections of the club. Um, it's all sectors. You know, we do have a big philosophy and point for ours. You know, one club mentality. Um, it's all well and good saying that, but you've, you've got to produce it. You know, you've got to know. Um, in my role, in particular, you've got to know every player at the football club, from under-8s all the way to first team. Uh, you've got to know all the coaches and, and acknowledge their work and their efforts. You know, the work that coaches do from all sections is, is immense, as we all know at every level, because it's a tough job. In particular, academy junior level, uh, it's very, very hard. But yeah, it's um, it's great, and I think those it's key for a club to have all of those successes across and to have a. Flourishing academy, a thriving scholarship program, a first team compete on European front, league front. The first ever year i have had a ladies team that have made the semi final, the Welsh Welsh Cup, beating Port Talbot, who were a Welsh Premier women's side. Back then, you know it's very, very good. And as like I said, it's, it's privileged to be part of it. It's exciting to what we've um, achieved, but also even more exciting to what, what the futures what the future may hold.
0: Um, from your point of view, you you spent a lot of time within around the academy. Uh, you must be proud with the success what is coming through at Connorsquay at the moment
1: yeah the academy has always been a huge part of the football club you know it's, it's getting the best local talent across the North Wales and North West of England you know we've got a great catchment area. we are very fortunate with that with where we're based and, and we've had lots of players come through like I said we, um, just over 30 players have made Welsh Premier debuts and um, come Alliance debuts in the last 10 years more than any other Welsh Premier League club which is great and this year alone we had four who made Welsh Premier starts and debuts in Eric Eric Myrna, Sam Williams, Max Moore, uh, which w- which was a great achievement and and the key with those four players um, and actually played as well as that they they played in winning teams. You know they represented the first team when we've actually. Gone on, progressed. Conor uh, Connor was number four, you know, and and the, the four players have played in competitive fixtures against Airbus, Barry Towns, and um, when and when they've played, they've performed and aided the first team in winning the game. So you know, it's not just a token gesture they've been thrown on with five 10 minutes to go. They've they've played the part, they've earned their position through training hard with the first team setup, and when they have played, they've, they've produced and performed well and aided to, to, the, to the first team winning, which is which is key. So no, it's, it is it's, it's very fortunate we've got some great players we've got some great staff across all levels and as I said it's a key part of the football club that we're always looking to continue to push and, and progress because we know if the foundations are at right football club that will um, that will continue all the way up to senior first team level
0: How important are the under-19s with the first team is there a route for, the, for them to come into the first team
1: Yeah so our our under-19s and first team work very closely together so with the model that we have uh, for example um, at least two times a week we train side by side um, the opportunity for a 19 on a daily basis to be called up to first team is great you know there's a fantastic communication lines between myself Andy Craig first team level um, to the 19s with Gareth uh, Gareth Richards Richard Casato Antonio and all staff in there. So it's a daily, we, we see each other daily, which is important. We go to the 19s games, 19 staff come to our games. So it's a great continuity. And as you said, on a weekly basis, five, six under 19s train with us regularly. Um, we always fill our two spaces on the bench, as you've probably seen for a Welsh Prem game. Um, you have five senior subs and always the a, a, opportunity to field two under 19 subs, which some clubs don't take, but we take that every, every game. You know, to bring under 19s and give them the opportunity to be part of the Welsh Prim set setup, um, even if it's not necessarily come on, but to be part of the dress room, part of the warm up, part of the whole structure, um, will always be good. But no, very fortunate, and it, it's a key part of any club that that link from 19s to first team. It's got to be really solid, really clear, and we're very fortunate we've got that, and it allows our exciting young talent a clear pathway to to be part of the first team if they if they're good enough and if they take the opportunity when it arises.
0: Do you have meetings um, during the off-season with the under-19 players saying there is a route for for them?
1: Yeah, so, as I said, Gareth Richards, the head coach of the under-19s, our scholarship programme with Colin Cambria, Um, is in daily contact with with all players um, already in the last few weeks. We've had regular Zoom meetings as a group, but bigger than that, what we're really big on with the 19s is individual um, reports, as you know, our scholarship players, not just the football, they have a huge academic challenge as well because they have to maintain 95% attendance. and um, The grades have to be maintained at College Canberra and if any of those slip, they're, they're unable to train or play for us. So the academic support that the players get is immense. And this week, uh, for example, we've had a few challenges with some players um, struggling at times, and some challenges with their diplomas that they're still doing. Obviously, A levels have not finished. Um, but the support from Colle Cambrian and the support from Gaz um has sorted that out initially. Gets to them on the right path, and yeah, the the communication lines are great, and we're we're really pleased with the program that we have. The full time basis and producing players for Welsh Premier higher, but also aiding them academically where they can move on to universities or. We've got 15 lads now in America um, who've took football scholarships, is it, great. So, yeah, they've got great support. And again, we're very fortunate with the, in particular, the crop currently that have just won the league of the under 19s and a very, very strong outfit and across the Welsh Premier Development League.
0: What's, what's, their, what's the plans for the under 19s? Like, obviously, they won the league now. Is it about retaining that league?
1: Um, it's always a tough question under-19s football because an under-19s team can always be judged on numerous um, on different different targets really you, you could argue an under-19s is based solely on winning the league you could argue that an under-19s team is based on how many have represented the first team um, so it's, it's numerous factors really I think, I think from our side as a football club we want as many to come through to the first team level as possible but we're also very realistic on that that it's it's harder than ever, you know, because they're not just breaking into a Welsh Premier team now, you're breaking into a, um, for four years, it's been a Euro, Europa League team, so you know the standard's very, very high, um, but also we've got clear targets, our scholars, of how many do graduate to universities, employment or America, for example. How many represent Wales colleges and schools? You know, nearly ten of our players this year represented on the international front, which was which was great. Um, and as you said, how we compete not just in the Welsh Premier Development League if we can retain that, which is great, but also in our college league where we compete in the Category One division on a Wednesday. And how far can we get in that competition? You know, one that went under the radar a little bit this year of our Under Nineteen Scholars is they actually made the um, semi-final stage of the colleges national title which is the best college teams from Wales, England, Scotland, which was an immense achievement. Unfortunately, with the uh, current circumstances, that competition was ended at semi-final stage. So they've got some great targets to to aim for on the pitch, but also off the field and their long-term aims. We as a club hope can help, and and that's another thing that we'll be judging the success of the group on.
0: When you you came uh, to the club um, as a coach or an academy, um, what what were your plans for the club?
1: It was it was a real challenge, Matthew, because when I, I, I I've been in the club since the age of eight, nine, played played um through all the junior academy teams back then, all the way to first team. Um and when I when I whilst I was at university in Preston I'd come back and to aid the academy and we had a bit of a blank canvas just over ten years ago and I come in and, and we basically didn't have an academy. There was no teams, we didn't have a single team, we didn't have a home, we didn't have a ground. And I was sort of tasked with trying to get it back off the ground. It had been an academy previous years and for whatever reason hadn't carried on, hadn't worked. So we had a bit of a blank canvas and we'd started the first season with another 16s team. And our aim eventually was could we get to three teams that's traditionally the 12s, 14s, 16s? And then could we get to a full academy program where we have a mini phase 8 to 11s, a youth phase 12 to 15s, and a senior phase 16 to 19s? And could we get a full-time scholarship program? Could we get a venue? And we're fortunate now with the key three G and and all those progressions. Really, but from where we started as a football club from the academy side, and uh, with nothing just just under ten years ago, it's been quite an incredible journey. And you know, we're really proud of what we've now got as a football club. And I'm really proud for every coach, every player that's been involved in that journey.
0: Obviously, uh, probably from your point of view, the club has has definitely um, improved since you've you started was is there a lot of people behind the scenes what deserve the credit as well
1: yeah it's it's never just uh, a team you know um, ultimately players players are the most important you know there's no getting around that they, they win the games of football but the support around that is so so important as you say from a, from a coaching side just from my first team as you know with Andy Craig two incredible Incredible people, incredible football people, coaches, managers in their own right, um, that, that really lead it and push them. Our support behind that our goalkeeper coach Neil Everell, who's one of if not the best in the country for the years that he's done it, and the keeps he's progressed. From our physio Gemma Bamford, who's got a fantastic injury record of our players and how she aids and, and, and whatnot is is different class. Our analyst in Mark Rowlands, who films our games, uh, and again another sort of the club in her 10 years a Hall of Famer, my latter, a kit man, you know, all vital, vital people and, you know, that's just the initial first team setup from from an academy point of view. Uh, Key people over the years like Leighton Sumner, Kevin Manley, who've been so important to the club, not just as coaching teams, but their off the field efforts. And then, as you say, from all the way to the top to the committee, um, you know, we're we're fortunate we've got a new chair now, Victoria Roycroft, who's took the reins, who's been the club really well. A new secretary, Tom Hutton, who's taken over from Trevor Green, who's again another great, great guy, who's led and and aided Tom's development. And now Tom is coming to his own in that position. And then fantastic committee members, John Gray, Roma Gray, John Nixon, who give so much. So, like any football club, you know, we're very, very lucky. We've got so many people, hard to name everybody. But without all these people as part of the playing team, off the field team, coaching team, um, it's, you know, everyone plays their part and and ultimately all led by by owner has been for over 10 years and gary jewish you know who's financially backed the club massively Uh, but bigger than that what he does with staff and his ideas and his general vision you know all success always filters down from top and you know you you very we're very very fortunate to work for people like gary who've got that commitment vision and, and what they've built and all the support around it and all the staff have been have been immense so yeah very fortunate mate and Arguably too many to thank for all the work, but we're very fortunate, Colin's Key, that we've got a fantastic team both on and off the pitch.
0: Um, obviously, you've got the Andy and, um, and Craig at the club now. Is that how far the club's come? You know, attracting them to uh, people to the club?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I think um, huge characters, uh, huge football people who achieve massively. You know what Andy achieved um during his time at airbus um assistant to Andy priest that, that club was based into Connor's key arguably it you know, was never a, a top competing team for European positions until they came in and really changed the whole football club direction and since Andy's come in with connor's key I think I've said it enough to, uh, I've said it on every interview I' ever ask about Andy you know it's it's such a privilege for myself to work with on a daily basis his his knowledge, his enthusiasm, his passion, his desire, and um, his top drawer—and arguably, you know—whenever anyone asks me, really, it's, it's, it is very, very surprising that no club at a higher level in football league or even Scottish divisions, when we played them, have, have, have ever, have ever really took a chance with Andy because he, he will be a phenomenal manager higher up. I've no doubt on that, and we're very fortunate. And then add to the fact of Craig, who's came in again, it's just a privilege to learn from, you know, what craig has achieved in the game um, not just as a player who played all the way to Premier League like Andy, uh, playing for Middlesbrough and whatnot, but from a coach and what he'd achieved at Airbus um, as a new club, um, making the Welsh Premier System, to all the success at TNS, which probably haven't been highlighted as much as what they have now uh, since he's left, how them trebles are no longer happening and his world record season, because it's a hard job at TNS for a manager, because you're just expected to win, but I think what Craig's achieved has probably been highlighted even more so, and his experience at Hartlepool in the conference, you know, manager of the month, people forget that, that he achieved also, and what he's brought in at Connors Key, in particular, our full-time model, has been great, so yeah, we're very, very fortunate, you know, in Andy and with Craig, both pro license holders also, very, very fortunate to work with, It's it's a joy and privilege, and all their knowledge is is not just absorbed from the first team, but also filtered down to the whole club. And, and as you said, is is arguably a testament to how far the clubs come that we have people have, and coaches of that standard are now working within the football club.
0: Did you know much about Andy um, as a as a person b- before he came to Key, or was it just coming up against him when he was at Airbus?
1: Yeah, coming up against him really. Um, obviously, the era that when he was at. Airbus, um, with himself and Andy Priest, um, it was myself and Mark McGregor, Connor's key, and Mark McGregor would predominantly play. So, you know, I have a few him uh, we across games, but you you knew the the work that they have done at Airbus. You know, I, again, I think arguably people maybe didn't appreciate that enough in the, the the incredible job they did at that football club. Um, for anyone who who who's within the game, probably. Gave it the credit it deserved. But, you know, it, it was always well known, the work that Andy had done, his recruitment of opposition, his knowledge, his structure to how Airbus played and the detail around it was, was clear to see because, you know, for a lot of those years, they pushed TNS very, very hard, you know, not just for Europe, but for, for the league title as well. And so when he joined our club and where we were at Connors Key, you know, we were miles off Airbus at that point who'd been in Europe three years on the bounce where we'd never been there. Um it was great we're very fortunate to to work with Andy again moving forward
0: since andy's come obviously you've had um top six finishes um since he's been here but you you got seventh um when he first came in. was that how like so you could really know about the success he was going to bring to Konisski that early on?
1: Um, yeah, when when Andy first came in, we we just made the top half, didn't we? So we'd um, yeah. we'd broken um, at the split, and we actually ended that first season in four. But uh, what was well known was when, when Andy came in, we were actually 11th for that time. So when Alan had just left, uh, we were uh, bottom of the league at that point. Um, I'd taken a handful of games uh, before Andy had come in um, a, a league win away at Port Talbot, I think it was and we got to 11th and then Andy came in and you know the journey from that point was quite incredible cuz I think it was november time um to say at that stage right from november we're going to get from 11th up to 7th and get in the um sorry 6 sorry and get into the top 6 um was against all odds and even the last game before that split to make the top 6 we had to beat TNS at home so that in itself journey sort of if, I don't you'll find many teams ever do that again where they go from 11th to November to make the top six and then after the split in the first ever year in our top six division we then ended up in fourth which was another key achievement because when we then went into the playoffs it gave us home advantage and, and that year it, it came off by beating Airbus and making Europe for the first time so it was a, yeah, a, a incredible first season incredible one for Andy and and set us off on the on the last four or five year journey. Now that's been quite a remarkable one, and a, a privilege to be part of.
0: What was the um, like attitude from the the players like going into that Airbus game? We, did you think yourself were underdogs?
1: Yeah, we were definitely underdogs on the game. As I said, it, Airbus had been in your three years on the bounce. Um, Airbus had actually that year they were in the Welsh Cup final against TNS. So. They had an opportunity of Europe through that itself. Unfortunately, they lost, so they didn't get that way. So then they had another chance um with the playoffs. I think that in the league top six game, when we played them away, they beat us 2-1. And again, I think if we're being honest, arguably on paper, um especially they, they'd have a better team than us. You know, we knew that. But we felt the detail that we could have on them. I think it was a big plus that Andy had just come from their club. So he knew individuals better than anyone. You know, things that you felt we could exploit with them, things that we had to be aware of from their strengths. And tactically, that game, you know, we were, we were very, very strong. But it was, um, still to this day, I've said it numerous times now, it's the biggest, one of the biggest, but for me, it was the biggest result in the club's history because to get Europe for the first time and what that then led to future years. I know it would be taking the mantle from Airbus, especially now because prior to that, Airbus been in Europe three years. We've never had. We've now been in Europe four years. So we're now the current Flincher club that has the most European adventures. And you know, football changes. That may change in the future. But that game was was huge part of that. And there was nothing in the game. There was chances both sides, and it was intense. It was nervous. And West Bain's goal with ten minutes to go, and then how we held out with what they. Were putting into the box and how we had to deal with it and, and it was just immense and, and that day to have the whole D-side stadium full and all academy kids involved in the celebrations at the end it was yeah a remarkable day and, and it set off uh, as I said earlier an incredible journey
0: Were you expecting the Airbus game to be as tight as it was?
1: Yeah there was, there was always going to be very very little in the game you know it was two top teams playing against each other, two very tactical managers in Andy Priest and Andy Morrison. Um, it was always going to be nip and tuck. I always remember the day, it was a boiling hot day. We'd had really good weather. So the pitch was dry. It was come end of season. It was, you know, it was a bit bobbly. It was difficult. So there's going to be very, very few things. I think the goal that Wes scored, Wes Bain scored. I think there was three nutmegs on the way through for whoever's players, you know, and that's the, That's the tiny measurements that are success and failure, especially in football. That's why we love it so much. But it was—it was a really tight, nip and tuck game. I always remember Ryan Wignall's chance against John Rushton, who was in goal for us that day because John Dyne was suspended, and just just hit wide, and that was about 15 minutes to go, just before Wes Baines's chance. And you know that's what it was. But luckily, we got the win and we held out for it, and that led to a, a first first ever experience in the Europa League.
0: How 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 was the preparation going into that summer then? Obviously, a first adventure in Europe. You're probably not well known, uh, from from European sides. But Andy Morrison had a bit of experience with Airbus. So, did you have some knowledge about going into it?
1: It, it was difficult, Matt. It was difficult because it, with with having no experience in it prior. um I always say is that when we actually won the game against Airbus, the reality was the next day. Myself, only Gary Jewhurst, Andy Morrison, and Trevor Green, who was secretary at the time, we then found ourselves at a meeting in Wrexham head office, and it was a little bit. Well, what do we do now? You know, we've made Europe. What are the? How do we do it? We have to go to Geneva. We have to get a licensing correct. We have to get a stadium. Uh, we played at Rill and whatnot. that to be the right criteria. So all these off the field challenges. First of all, flights. Who are we going to draw against? How do we get opposition knowledge? So, really, really, intriguing. As you said, we, we were fortunate with Andy, who'd experienced it with Airbus, but we'd also got a lot of knowledge. Um, I personally rung every Welsh Premier manager that was in the league at the time who'd played in Europe to try and get as much advice, as much experience as we could and and did everything as professionally as we could. And once we drew Stabec, um in Geneva, we initially got on to... Um, a White Scout accounts, and we got all the footage of Stabek, who were in season at the time, so they were about eight, nine games into the season, we got all the footage that we could require, and planned accordingly, you know, and we did, we, we worked really, really hard And that summer, I always remember myself and Andy were, were both away at the same time on holiday, and I think we were both going through two, three games each whilst on holiday, and that was every day, because as soon as we drew Stabek, it was get as much information as we can, and plan accordingly, and you know, we're fortunate as well. We signed some really good players that summer. As soon as we won, um, in particular from for Airbus itself, so, you know, Ian Kearney, um, J Owen, Michael Pearson, as well as that Michael Weil, Matthew Williams. You know, we signed really, really well that helped that European adventure, and as well as that helped for future seasons in the Welsh Premier.
0: Did you? Um, what was it like, say, from like a, a player's point of view? Because obviously. Um, I take it players' contracts were coming, coming up to an end at the end of the season how how did you go about it, You know, making them eligible to play in, in Europe?
1: Yeah we were quite fortunate Matty that was one positive that we did have a lot of our players at that time were actually on two year deals uh, because that summer we'd had a vision of Europe and um, there was a lot more investment from the owner uh, as I said earlier Gary Dewar and a lot of our players were on two year contracts so that was a positive because it, it would lead in that they were covered with the Euro- European football. Um, a number of them weren't, so a number of had to be re-signed and, and as I said, there were five players um, just mentioned earlier that were signed that summer as well. So they were quite a challenge because we had to bring them in quick and then you have to do your medicals quickly. Everyone has to have a full medical for European football and because the, the negative of going through the playoffs is that your window to then plan for Europe is smaller than anyone. So... You know, if you get into Europe automatically, you could understand you're in Europe by April. If you get into Europe by the playoff final, at times it could be towards the end of May and you're playing at the end of June. So you might have arguably one month. You know, I know Cardiff Met had that challenge this year where they played in the playoff final against Ballet and I think it was officially four weeks when they played in the first qualifying round Europa League. So you turn around so quick. Um, so it was a difficult period, it was a challenging one, but one that we wanted to get, through and it was a joy to be part of. And as I said, all the work on the on the pitch with the football side and off the pitch with the logistics and the travel uh, for our first ever year in European football was immense, and all led to quite a historic victory against Stabek, uh, one nil away and um, on aggregate to go through to the second round to play Modridina.
0: Well, we'll come on to the game in a minute. And but you know, when you obviously preparations going out there for for the draw, did you have a list of teams who you could? potentially play like any tough big teams or was it a, a team What like your reputation really
1: yeah so when you get over to Geneva um, as I've been fortunate enough to go and you the way the draw works is when you actually go there on the day um, you're then grouped into a group of six so you then actually have an understanding on the day right you're grouped with these six so these are your five six um, possible opponents so that's a great start. So you can straight away do some homework immediately on who the five or six may be, who you might pull out, what the logistics would be, um, et cetera, et cetera. And in fairness, from our pot, Starbeck were probably one of the biggest because they were full time. They were professional. They were um, Norwegian league. They were in season, you know, which is always a big challenge because for a Welsh team playing in Europe. We, you know, we're out of season, which is always a different sort of challenge. And um, so yeah, so when, when Stabic did come out of the bag, we knew how difficult it was going to be a challenge. Uh, but we also knew some of the transitions they were going through. Uh, they weren't actually having that good of a season that time. So they had the, year of the previous. Uh, but I think when we played them, they were fourth or fifth from bottom. So they weren't having a great start to the season, only about 10 games in. So we took positives from it. But we, we knew how, how tough the task was going to be.
0: Were you happy with the draw? Or were you thinking, oh, good, we've got someone? a bit smaller to what their reputation
1: is? I don't think there's a perfect draw, Matty, in Europe. I think we all like to think there is, whether it's, I don't know, uh, a, a fellow British team, um, due to logistics. Um, you know, like for us with Kilmarnock, for example, there's no flight, so there is a positive in regards to how big they are as a club. Um, but I don't think there's an easy game in Europe. I think you have to... I think the only thing you can identify is who are the real real. Big hitters, as you'd say, that you may want to stay clear of. But are the, are the rounds that we go in predominantly, um, qualifying round one or round two, you know, the standard stand is very, very high. And I don't think there's a, a huge positive with certain teams you can draw and you can't draw. You've just got to prepare as best that you can. Be as professional and all. Make sure you give your players the best chance uh, to represent the club and also to represent the league. You know, as a big, you know, we feel quite proud on that. That when we do play in Europe that we do represent the Welsh Premier League in a, in a, in a great way because we are proud of the league we love the league that we play in there's great work done from numerous sections from the Welsh FA from Andrew Howard and um, the, the work that is put into the league it, it is great you know and you've got to appreciate that and whenever we do play in Europe that's a big thing for us that we want to represent the league and everything it stands for in the correct way
0: well, you got star back in the um, in the draw. Um, you, you said you watched you and Andy watched three or f- three or four games of him. Did Andy go out and watch him like he goes with fellow uh, teams?
1: Yes, Andy. Andy goes to watch everybody live. You know, the one one key to him, I think it's a, it's a real trait uh, for someone that is a football knowledge. It's it's the the it's all well and good seeing things on tape and video, but. For Andy in particular, for him to go to a live game, he sees things that you wouldn't see, predominantly on tape, and that's a big, big change. And it and it is, and it's a skill, and it's arguably one of Andy's biggest traits because that's a that's an eye of a football person that can't really be taught. You know, you can't you can go as many coaching courses as you want, but that knowledge and to see that detail live there at a the game, you know, it's that's one of Andy's biggest attributes without a shadow of a doubt, and. When he went over to see them, he saw things that he felt we could um, we could utilize. He, he found weaknesses he felt we could exploit, and detail that he he saw just great. And to com- compile that along with what both him and myself had watched with all the games, we watched all the games that played up to that point. I think it was eight nine games in the league at that stage. So you know, we compiled everything, and, and from that, you try and tactically put a plan together not just for the game but for the periodization of your pre-European campaign five, six weeks of training the friendlies how you want to put it together how you want to compile it to give you the best chance when you do play Starbeck of of trying to do something special and historical and getting a, and getting a victory
0: how, how, do you, how do you go about it tactically You know, when you're playing against uh, like Starbeck or the teams you've come up against in recent years?
1: I think adaptability is key I think you have to be aware of where you are in against the opposition. As in, are you the superior team or are you the inferior team? Predominantly in Europe, we become the inferior team, which is fine. You know, there's, there's no problem on that. But the way that you play and how you have to set up has to be based accordingly to that. So if you are the inferior team, how can you stop the opposition? How can you prevent them utilising their strengths? And how can you find a weakness in there that you will need to try and exploit as best as possible? I think that's the, that's the key in Europe. I think sometimes if you can go and try and play a better team at their own game, uh, whether that's a possession-based style, uh, etc., I think, I think it can be very, very difficult in Europe. If you can find a tactical way to frustrate opposition, and um, to give you opportunities in a game to rest and recover, to reevaluate within the game to adapt your tactics accordingly in the game to give your players an opportunity and a chance, and for ways that you can exploit to go and do that is really key and as you said, we've always been fortunate with that with the plans that Andy puts together and compiles and we've had huge success and and hopefully many more in, in future European campaigns if we can get there again
0: how, how are you feeling ahead of the obviously the first european uh, adventure you know obviously maybe a a journey up to rail when you played them in the first leg. How how are you feeling going in?
1: The first leg against Stabek was, was very good. You know we drew the game nil nil. We were very very competitive throughout. We we done everything tactically correct as we wanted, and that was quite a big achievement in itself because it was a clean sheet in Europe. The um, we hadn't conceded, so Stabek didn't have an away goal, and as you know in Europe that it, it, it gives you an opportunity. You know, we knew the challenge away uh, the ground we were going to, the size of the pitch. I think the the dimensions were maximal, what eleven side uh, first team staking pitch can be. Uh, it was 3 G. It was heavily watered. They moved the ball quick. They were very physically, physically, um, physically quick, physically sharp, had great endurance. So we knew that. But to to take a nil nil from Rill to go away there and score we did early on to get it 1-0 Um, they then had a man sent off in the second half which gave us an even greater chance and from that we held on we knew how many they had to score we knew what they had to do and to also keep a clean sheet away from home so not just to win the game but to have two rounds in Europe with the first Welsh club in history to do that was an amazing feat and quite a historic night for everyone associated in that game, every player, every staff, every committee member that was over there was a the day that will live with all, all, us forever and, and was one of the most historic nights in, in Welsh football history.
0: A week later, you went to uh, Serbia, different kind of experience?
1: <laughs> yeah, the Vojvodina came very, very, different. It was, uh, um, I always remember because we, we'd won in Norway and then we are a bit of a reality check then that we had to uh, prepare for Vojvodina and at that stage, even being honest, we probably didn't prepare well enough off the field for that. What would the flights need to be? What would the transfer need to be? Because it was still against all odds. I think for the Starbeck away game, we were 30, 35 to 1 to win, which sort of tells its own tale. Um, but our secretary, Trevor Green, in time was away, so the logistics sort of fell on me at that stage. So we're in Norway and we had to get across to Serbia by, I think we we're in Norway on the Thursday night of the game, we we're there on the Friday travelling home and we had to arrange to get to uh, Serbia on the Tuesday but it was I'll always still credit hugely to this to the FEW and in particular Andrew Howard who uh, when that happened was, was a, a huge help because the Welsh national team had been actually over to Vojvodina Stadium to play an international against Serbia the year prior so with regards to travel, hotel, logistics they were great and the day after they, they helped us through through all of that and, and we're a huge aid because without that we would have really struggled to to piece together but yeah it was um, a total different environment a hostile environment strong Serbian team that were physical but could play very very technically gifted as well as that strength compartment uh, component sorry that they had very very strong outfit and it was a a, a challenge of uh, a different kind than Starbeck but another amazing one to be part of
0: Did you do preparation um, prior to the uh, Starbeck um, game or did you just do your preparation straight after Starbeck going into the
1: Serbia well one of the challenges with Vojvodina was that they were out of season same as ourselves and what they'd actually had they'd had a lot of transfer changes that campaign so we did have video footage and we watched it obviously at Vojvodina from the previous season but with all the changes um, we knew it, it was going to be quite difficult so for that game in particular we have to be very tactically aware on the touchline, uh, from the game, we had an idea of what they would play and we weren't far off on the night, but they were very, very strong outfit. As I said, I think they were third that season to Partizan and Red Star Belgrade, which tells its own story of how strong Bodjvodina were. And they made, uh, the group stage it was the year after, but it was, it was a very, very different experience and intimidating experience in, in the setup, but that was one of the best teams we played and arguably, that's one of, if not of, best ever performance in Europe. Uh, we kept them at nil nil that game until the eighty 89th ninth minute. Uh, it was a deflected goal. It was made from Sean Smith who got across really well and just nicked off him. Unfortunately, Luke John Damby in goal and fell in. But you know what our players did that night was was quite remarkable. And again, was another another proud performance uh, for ourselves in the Welsh system, which then led to the second leg at Rill. Yeah.
0: Um... Obviously, um, you've you you always come up against some strong sides um, in Europe. Obviously, um, Helsinki and then Kilmarnock in, in, and Partizan earlier this year. Um, how do you, how do you look back at your performances overall in them three games?
1: I think the three games of those standards, as you said, shoot the, the, you know those three clubs that you've just named are, are massive, massive football clubs. Um, Helsinki and Partizan on a European scale, um, are regular contenders, you know, that made the group stage prior, um, huge clubs looking to push. I think the Helsinki, um, although we didn't go through the 1-0 home victory at Bangor, um, uh, was another quite historic night, um, to, to, go and, to go and do what we did that night, but there'll always still be a little bit of unfortunate on that that we didn't go through because it was such a good result at home. Um, and away was typical, you know, it was a fifteen twenty thousand 20,000 fans there, huge club, and uh, just unfortunately we made a few errors uh, within the game, We let ourselves down, unfortunately we didn't go through, but again competed and put, put Wales on the map with that first result against against Helsinki. Uh, the Kilmarnock result, well documented, you know, the most, the biggest victory ever in Welsh history, that's my opinion, you know, I don't think anything Um when you explain the whole story around it being two one down from the home having to win by two clear goals away at Kilmarnock uh third in the Scottish Premier had beat Rangers three times the previous season was was absolutely immense and and that will go down today as the, as the biggest I think it probably doesn 't get enough accolades yet because it was so it 's so fresh, but I think um as time goes by, that result will be reflected on as such a massive massive win. In Welsh football and, it, and it, was, it was an incredible night for everybody and then as you say Partizan Belgrade uh, who actually made the group stage this year playing Manchester United and again on, on the, the two Partizan games, um, the away fixture which again for the 10-15 thousand and great Serbian crowd again like Bodger but we're nil 0-0 with 60 minutes, 60 minutes gone which is again another huge accolade to what the players achieved that night we had a great chance early on and then Michael Wild header that if went in it may have been a different story. But yeah, some so amazing amazing adventure, I and we've we've been privileged to be part of it and I think on reflection, how we've represented ourselves in the league has been has been has been has been really, really admirable and fantastic and we and we hope to continue those standards of performances in the future.
0: How did you um prepare for Kilmarnock in, um and Partizan in the
1: end? So very similar. Kilmarnock had um and had finished their season they were, we were they were out of season we are aware that they've made they've changed the management uh, as we you know as well documented when Steve Clark left um, a different philosophy that had come in a few plays that had changed um, we, we were fortunate last summer so in our build up we played Aberdeen who gave us great information on Kilmarnock obviously from the same league and what we expected, so we we done really well. Andy had gone across. Um, I think mean Spain it was. They were on a preseason tour of Spain. Andy again had gone across to see one of their in-house games, things against Dynamo Bucharest, and to get that live feel again. And and we, and we saw it. And I always remember when Andy returned from there, his 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 honest belief was that we can win this game, lads. That there's opportunities there against Kilmarnock There's, there's huge threats that we're going to have to deal with. Um, but here's our plan to do it. And again, we did really well in the, the first game at we Real. We were unfortunate to lose 2-1. You know, we were 1-0 up. I mean, it's the last 10 minutes and we give away a penalty. And then we conceded a corner. Uh, which was our first conceded corner in two years, which again tells its own story. It's the success and details that we do. But with all of that, it, it gave us hope in what our performance was away to Kilmarnock. And as the game developed and Nilner was longer and then We grabbed a fantastic well-written goal that was finished by Ryan Wignall, which then put big pressure on Kilmarnock. Then, are they going to hold out for the win? Are they going to still go and try and win the game, which they, which they arguably did, um, which left them exposed. And then we're very fortunate that Subby brought on Jamie Insull, um, great counter, put him through. He he won us the penalty. They had a man sent off and Callum Morris won the, Calmest penalties in one of the most pressure situations you're ever going to see, and that's Callum. You know he's one of the best in the league at it, and the rest is history. And to to win that night in Kilmarnock as we said, is was an incredible achievement, incredible for everyone involved, and and is is the most historic European result arguably in, in Welsh history.
0: Did you um, tactically did you approach both the games with Kilmarnock and Partizan in the same kind of way?
1: Yeah, it's similar. You know, we do have we do have um, a very similar way of playing in Europe. As I said earlier, it's it's being aware of the superiority that you're up against. So how you have to play if you are the inferior team to give yourselves a chance. But it's also key to taking them chances. You know, when they do come, it's not just uh, preventing opposition, from stopping it here and there. It's also where can we exploit our positives against them? Where can we exploit against their weaknesses? I think we've always done that well. I think we've highlighted play as well. We've highlighted areas or units well that we could we could influence the game on. And both those games were key on that. Look, there's always going to be levels. You know, Partizan when they've got Tosic on the right wing, who was who was um, bought previously by Manchester United for twelve million pounds. You know, there's an incredible standard there. But even that night, and so you know, our left back that evening was Callum Roberts, who did fantastic against him and. Um, Sadiku, they had Bruns, the lad on Rome on loan from Roma, and another huge international star, of Nigeria. And you know our centre halves that night, George Sharam, uh, John Disney, and Danny Holmes, who played in there, all did, did great jobs on those players. So, though no, it's um, great detail that goes into all, um, but it's ultimately the players who who have to produce and our European adventures today. We're very fortunate we've got some amazing players that have, that have done that.
0: From your point of view, how how do you? Um... How do you see um, Welsh teams um, performing in Europe?
1: Um, I think the standard is getting better and better. You know, I think every... If you look at performances in Europe, um, this year Cardiff Met were very, very unfortunate as well. You know, they had the chance to go through and competed unbelievably well their first year. What we did with Kilmarnock. And I think if you look a decade ago, or more so, some of the results of our, of our Welsh teams you know I, I always remember I think it was the banger game against Helsinki just over 10 years ago it was 9 or 10 they double figures whereas moved 10 years on that Connors Key have, have gone and beat them 1-0 so I think that and it's, it's just one example shows the, the standards but it stands across all fields you know every club now is a UEFA Pro Licence head coach Which is huge. The the fitness levels of players now, the professionalism, the sports science side, and all them factors in Welsh football is just pushed on, pushed on. And you know we're rightfully in them European games, and I think clubs now have got to compete in those Welsh in those European games. Sorry, and represent the league well. And and we're very fortunate the Welsh system, the Welsh Premier League, has got twelve fantastic teams in it who who are who if earn that position in Europe always look to represent the league in the correct manner and we're very fortunate with for that and, and we've got competitive teams that I'm sure will progress further and further over the years in Europe and continue with some great results
0: I'm just going to end part one here Jay um, in the second part I just want to talk to you about the Welsh Cup and the Iron Brew and then we'll talk about your FA uh, Pro Licence course you've just completed Yeah, no problem mate